0: Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Sports Talk here on the Big 870. Mike to take you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, Steve Geller will join us at 540 for a triple option. I want to tell everybody at 435, LSU women's basketball coach Kim Mulkey will join us talking. Basketball, women's basketball for them, big win over Texas A&M, but now get a chance for a little bit of revenge uh, as they're going to face Auburn, who beat them in I think it's January 14th. Uh, but, they but, had,
2: but, but Mike, they, they, they still number two behind South Carolina. Yeah. You know, you look at uh, like where you at in, in the they future? Crush Texas A&M. Uh, yeah, uh, well. Uh, You know, uh, you play defense. Uh, Whenever you play defense, you have a chance. I don't care what the sport is. You might, oh, it's offensive uh, this day and age. But if you play defense, you have a chance.
1: Uh, I'm going to ask Kim this question, but I got to talk to Will Wade this weekend as McNeese went to uh, Thibodeau to play Nichols State, and he was talking about all the extra time they spend. He said maybe a little bit more than some of the other teams. Attacking the rim, one shot. He said, okay, every once in a while, somebody's going to get a real good look, and they don't hit it. Don't give them a second chance. And for us, it's to get ourselves in position that we get second opportunities on the offensive board.
2: Yeah, when you look offensive, defensive rebounds and how that all unfolds, I mean, uh, look at even LSU men's basketball. Uh, When you look at games that have not had success, uh, we got our ass kicked on the boards. Uh, We played good defense initially, they missed a shot, but uh, we didn't get the rebound. And then you're giving them second, if not third, chances. Well, the odds is going to end up going against you. So that—that's. That, I mean, that's why. And I think rebounding, and uh, in my opinion, uh, you know, you look at different, uh, you know, decades or generations, whatever. I think you got to want to rebound. And Just you got to work at look, it. Too. You look at Dennis Rodman. Exactly. I mean, come on, uh, he wasn't the tallest at all. I look at Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley probably played about five or six inches taller than he was because I'd put in position to get rebounds. Same same thing with Dennis Raman. So I think it's a mindset. So I don't know if you could say one word that would go into rebounding. I would say effort and hustle, or two words. That's two words, Bobby. Okay, (laughs) effort and hustle. You got to hustle, and you can't just be ball watching. You got to anticipate where the ball's going to go, the angle of the shot, and and then you have to have the effort. You got to hustle. I mean, so uh, that's something that I think you coach to a certain extent, but it has to come from the player within how hockey contribute to the team, even if I'm not a scorer. You think, like, through the ages, you think Dennis Rahman ever thought I'm a prolific scorer? No, if, if you scored that, now, if he's running the floor, then you reward him on a fast break, and he gets points that way and all that. But that's why a lot of times everybody, I want to be the man. No, how about you play the team sport – and how you could contribute at a high level. Mike, if you're an outstanding and offensive defensive rebounder, I, I, I don't know how the coach even keeps you off the court. Uh, because that's what
1: gets you time, and that's what gets you paid.
2: Right, right. So, at the uh, professional level. So when you look at that, everyone's worried about uh, that All-Star break. That uh, All-Star game, that was a joke in the NBA. Everybody's jacking up. I mean, I mean uh, is there a legitimate uh, – Charlie, you can chime in here – is there a legitimate all-star game maybe major League baseball MLB
1: MLB's the closest because, but it's because not what it used to be because though, no, no no but
2: I, I still think it's even, the closest but
1: even if you have a
2: stud pitcher uh that when he's going out there he don't want to be embarrassed now he might only pitch for one inning but he's trying to get three outs you know it's not it's not it's not, it's not like, like batting practice okay uh the final game was 26 23 or something
1: and you don't no. want to strike out either. Yes. You know, so, from uh, the offensive end. So it's the closest to it. it come on. Like the NFL, is like uh, flag no, no. football. Uh, uh, well, the what? NBA, they're just throwing up shots all over the well, place. Well,
2: and if you like flag football, uh, I'm proud of you. Uh, but that's a different game. And they're going to have that in the Olympics. They uh, weren't get, uh, get nobody that, that, hurt. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's no. not
1: when you played and no. they, were, they were out for it because there was money involved. And there's money involved here, but to you me, weren't getting uh, okay, paid Charlie, the same I,
2: I don't know. You and Mike chime in on this. I think how you can uh, have enough incentives where, you know, it would be intriguing right now and, and they would get the ratings from a worldwide, international perspective, if somehow you could figure out that the all-star week or the all-star game would be the United States versus the world. I'm just telling you, the world might beat the United States right now. Look at the stud players from around the world. Now, you don't want to be embarrassed. You want to represent the United States or they want to represent uh, the world. Look, um, and everyone, you might think of the world. You might think of like Europe or, or like even Yao Ming. So far off. But, like, uh, who's the stud player for the Thunder right now? Uh, Shane
3: Gilchrist-Alexander. Okay,
2: I I think he's from Canada. Canada. Oh, so that's international. That's not United States. It it would be like he was back-to-back MVP uh, with the Suns. Um, The little white guard. I can't think of his name now right now. Uh, Steve
3: Nash. uh, Steve
2: Nash. Okay. Uh, He's from Canada. So I'm telling you, right now, I would be intrigued to watch that because that would be an incentive, okay, has the United States finally getting, uh, uh, they're getting taken over by international basketball? Because even, I don't know if it was uh, Michael Jordan or someone said about the fundamentals of playing basketball, how it's taught more at a high level from an international perspective than it is in the United States. Uh, as far as the fundamentals like old school basketball, team concepts. Not one-on-one, and uh, can you make a three-pointer? Or, uh, boy, boy, look at his TikTok dunk that I'm doing right now. No, uh, th- th- that's all fine and dandy. That's entertainment. But I'm saying from a purely team standpoint, uh, I-, I think it, the international uh, players— uh, could probably beat the United States, uh, the best of the best, and you know, always like the best of the best. Uh, I think that'd be interesting, uh, wouldn't you, Charlie? Wouldn't you, Mike? Watch that versus? I would. I would watch WWE that. Maybe also yeah. watch
3: that. Watch anything other than what they had, I, right? Right. Because
1: that was un- unwatchable. We'll, we'll have Mark Cook on with us. Uh, Mark's a former college coach. He scouts the uh, college ranks uh, for the NBA, and he was telling me something Saturday because he was scouting the McNeese Nichols game. Was that? a lot of european players want to leave after their junior year to come play high school football uh, high school basketball in the states and he said that's sort of becoming trendy now of them leaving having one year of, of high school in the states and then can cash in on some name image likeness, uh, that sort of thing, and then you off to the NBA. Well, uh,
2: look at uh, he was supposed to be the best thing since sliced bread or ketchup was invented. Now I don't know about his heart, but when Ben Simmons came out of Australia to go to LSU, oh my God. You're supposed to be, and look, he's still one of those guys but, but he that, can't that shoot he can't shoot. Them. No, but he, the rebounds, assists, his length, and that all that sort of thing he can uh, do. Uh, so if you look at it, and then the only thing you start guaranteeing him all this money, and then all of a sudden I can't play. I'm dealing with mental issues. Okay, uh, well, why you didn't have mental issues before you got paid? I mean, you didn't have mental issues throughout your life. No, it's all of a sudden. Then you're cheating the system. Okay, I'm getting 200 million dollars or 150 million dollars, no matter what. And uh, Ben Simmons, he's probably one of the most embarrassing uh, players that ever came out of LSU. I don't care what the sport, uh, because it was like, okay, my bag, this and that. I mean, you talk about an underachiever with all the God-given ability that Ben Simmons has the had.
1: First overall pick in the uh,
2: draft. Uh, well, well uh, I know. Just look. I don't know work ethic, whatever. No, uh, for him to that shows you they find you wherever you at, you know you can look at North Bob, South East West in the whole world. I think find we
1: you. had talked about this. He had a chance for a dunk one time, nobody in front of him, and he passed it off
2: because he, he thought he was going to get go fouled. He had to go to the free throw line, <laughs> and, he, and he, you can't be, but you shooting uh, forty five uh, under fifty percent free throws. Well, then you know what you got the yips or whatever. You could be like putter and, and golf, whatever. If you got the yips, you know what that means. You need to spend extra time where it's second nature. At your craft. Shooting free throws. I'm not talking about doing anything else. Uh, You you have to go after the fact and just after Everybody's at home, and I'm going to shoot free throws where it's going to be. I'm not saying you got to shoot 90%, but come on. you you got to be like. If you're a guard, at least 75% or, if not, uh, in uh, that range. or high
3: 70s. Charlie? Bobby, to your point about the world players kind of overtaking USA, if you're looking at the NBA's MVP ladder right now via NBA.com, Nikola Jokic is number one on the MVP ladder. That's a Serbian. Yep. Number two, Shea Gilgis-Alexander for the Thunder. He's Canadian. Canadian. Number three, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's Greek. Number four, Luka Doncic. He's Slovenian. And then finally, you got an American player, number 5, Jason Tatum. That's not including Joel Embiid, who would have been in that top five had he not reached— Until he got hurt. Until he got hurt, and now he's not going to be (laughs) able to get it because of the 65-game limit for NBA awards. And Joel Embiid is Cameroonian. So that's all five international players would be the top five of the NBA's uh, MVP ladder this year. Well,
2: I would bet on the international players (laughs) over the United States, over us against the world. I would bet on the world right now. Uh, Talking about the best of the best. I mean, okay, right now, even if you're watching, can we watch sports? Even if you're watching a college basketball game and you look at NCAA college basketball, you're watching whoever you think, you're watching UConn, whoever you think is the best. Okay, let's say Tennessee, uh, 4th or 5th, and that's, you're watching. Can anybody really name who in the hell the players are? When you think about it, think about like, like you remember, like Christian Leitner, or you had different yeah. players. The, 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 there is really you have to be a diehard basketball fan to name anybody in college basketball. The, the I'm face, talking about it
1: from a male perspective. The face of the college basketball franchise yeah, yeah. is the head coach. Well, the, the head coach, and you know who's the face right
2: now? She just broke the record. That the little girl from Iowa, Caitlin Clark. Yeah, she's she's the face now. People know her. Uh, And they know Angel Reese? Yeah, Angel Reese from LSU. I'm telling you, there's more females than males in college basketball right now.
1: We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870 right after this break here.
0: Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
1: We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby. A. bear, Bob, this had been rumored for over a week. Uh, Nick Underhill uh, confirmed it yesterday that the Saints have hired Keith Williams as their new wide receiver coach. Uh, Keith was with the Baltimore Ravens last year and helped uh, certainly with the development of flowers. of, uh, of uh, Zay Flowers. Uh, man, Zay, only the only negative I got with Zay is, come on, when you get near the goal line, you can't dead that ball out well, like that. You're going to get that it, thing knocked well, out. But out of the – man, well, he, I think he did a great well, job well, Mike, with Zay.
2: Yeah, the regular season unbelievable. He was feeling full man, of uh, – Man, Zay was
1: uh, excellent well, this Well, he year. was
2: feeling uh, full of himself. And then a little too much. And then, yeah, we try to extend, but then, you know, also got the penalty – you have to that know 50, uh, yeah. it's, it's not a regular, regular season game.
1: Yeah. Uh, but, no,
2: Holly got developed, Mike. Uh, no, uh, you got to give Coach Williams a lot of credit.
1: The other thing, too, is, uh, you know, Keith's got some ties here. Uh, he was uh, Curtis Johnson, CJ's wide receiver coach at, uh, at Tulane uh, from 2012 to 40, 2014. He also uh, coached uh, the wide receivers at Nebraska with Mike Riley who was a former assistant uh, with the Saints for a while, a head coach in the NFL and in college football. And uh, like Pete Jenkins for a while, Keith was doing a lot of personal wide-receiving coaching in the offseason. So, Mike, who's he coaching in the offseason? Tyreek Uh, Hill, Devontae Adams.
2: Oh, and Devontae Adams, that's Fresno State, Derek Carr, Raiders. And he was
1: Fresno State's receivers coach 2009 to 2011.
2: Connect the dots. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and so that tells you uh, the connection all across the board there. But uh, Keith Williams comes in uh, as the new wide receiver coach. And the one thing I do know in Kubiak's system, Shanahan system, you get it, better get ready to block. Well, that's that, why its a big might, part that's of what they want you to do.
2: It's still that's why whether it's free agency or the draft in the trenches, uh, you know, offensive defensive line. But looking at the offensive line and what they want to do. And I look at Coach Kubiak, and, um, and it's not nepotism. It's talking about winning. And Mike Shanahan and uh, Gary Kubiak, uh, that's NFL household names. You know, with, uh, with, uh, with Peyton Manning, uh, if you look at it, um, with, uh, with Kubiak, they won the Super Bowl with the Broncos. And then you look, you know how you learn from your dad and then you try and build upon that. And all I know is the offensive line can't suck. You can have all these good <laughs> uh, uh, outliers with skilled people and all that. I know how they've had success. This is going to two decades plus. You got to win in the trenches. That's why, to me, be interested in free agency in the draft, what the Saints are going to do on the
1: offensive line. Bobby, th- was, th- that's going to be the key, it, I think. It was my triple option question And sort of, what type of philosophy John Benton, Rick Dennison are going to say, wait a minute, some of these players we have here, they don't do what we want the offensive linemen to do. We want this type player through free agency or the draft. And I think that has already been given out
2: already. It's like a tug of war. All the coaches that Clint Kubiak has hired with Dennis Allen, they all uh, have a background together. It's not like oh I'm gonna bring in these thoughts. Just that no no no? It's all for one, one for all. They're all tugging in the right direction, and they all have past relationships. Uh, that's why uh, how you can have immediate success and how they can break it down. They know winning formulas. Now to me, you still have to have. You gotta
1: have the horses. Yes,
2: uh, to get that done. But more, I'm telling you, more than anything, I guarantee you, who that nation be pissed off if all of a sudden with the 14 pick we drive offensive linemen. <laughs> But Mike, they'd be like, "Oh, we've been there, we've done that before." They don't be like, yeah, "Okay." To me, look at this draft. Trust how they want to build this team, and I'm telling you, all I know is the offensive line, and we all know past offensive linemen who's been dominant, like when we had a Max Unger, Jarry Evans, uh, Carl Nixon, all them. Teron Armstead, Willie Rose, uh, uh, <laughs> But he, I'm just even about,
1: Kyle Turley was uh, a really good. But player. I'm talking
2: about like post them, yeah, Pulse, and just the Sean Payton era. People give Sean Payton a lot of credit, Drew Brees, obviously. Now, you might uh, – Darren Carr, if you could be half a Drew Brees, whatever. But what I'll tell you, is the offensive line is where that, we always – to me, Bob, is Where we key.
1: always won. That, that's the key to the offseason. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870. And LSU's women's basketball coach, Kim Mulkey, will join us right after this break. We're back here on sports talk on the Big 870. Mike Dettel, you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby A. Barron, on our Oakland Hard talk talking text line, LSU's women's basketball coach, Kim Mulkey, Coach, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. How are you guys? Doing great. Uh, Coach, uh, I got to talk – I told this to Bob. I got to talk to Will Wade over the weekend and asking him if anything different today in, in the college game. And he was like, Mike, it doesn't matter if it's women's or men's. It's about – and I thought about you when you uh, you all played Texas A&M. He said, you know, teams are going to get a good look at a shot a lot of times, more than you might think. And he said, it's about giving them one opportunity and not secondhand shots. And we preach it. Get to the rim, get to the board, take the right angle to get to the basketball and give them one shot. And he said, well, We flip it. He said, We spend extra time in practice doing this on the offensive side, trying to get secondhand uh, opportunities. And I thought about that as he told me this Saturday, and I saw how guys played against AM. It was basically one shot up the court, no secondhand opportunities. But Will has sort of preached it that I- I'm trying to get it through their heads. This is going to save games for us just by not giving a team a second or a third chance of shooting the ball?
4: Well, offensive rebounding is really not something you teach. It's something you can practice. It's something you can preach. But the greatest offensive rebounders, the Dennis Rodmans of the NBA, all yeah. these guys that just lived off of that and were able to maintain a job, it's a knack for one being in the right place and two you just got to want to go do it and um you know it's work a lot of people don't want to go do that but I thought keeping uh people off of the offensive boards helped us against A&M now we're getting ready to play two teams Auburn Thursday and then we'll go to Tennessee those guys go to the offensive boards it's something that they just do very very well and we've got to really you know you're not going to block them out at the three-point line but you got to turn and you got to be between them and the basket and uh we're getting better at that um you know angel reese makes a killing off of offensive rebounds well on the other end of the floor we got to make sure that we're a great defensive rebounding team and give them one shot
2: now uh coach Mulkey, uh how do you i guess you have enough sample size or big enough sample size um when you look at like your rotation and, and you know, uh, you might want to still develop a player, but who you truly can count on and that they're going to get minutes. I mean, uh, you wish you probably had more depth, but it has to come to case in uh point or, or time, time frame where you're at right now. It's like, I wish we had uh, more players that we could substitute in and out, but I know can okay, count on these certain individuals. And that's just where we at right now.
4: Well, depth is, Something we did have. We lost to Maya Smith, our starting uh, five-player in the Cayman Islands. She tore her knee up. So there goes one. Uh, We had another one that's no longer on the team, and Kateri Poole, who started for us in the playoffs, there's another one that's gone. So we had a lot of depth, but when those types of things happen, you got to keep on keeping on. And so our depth is not what it was, but, you know, at the end of the day, there's an old saying, just give me five players who hate to lose and I'll give you a winner.
2: Now uh, you know, Coach Market, When you look at uh, great accomplishments, and um, <clears throat> when you look at obviously your a household name. Uh, you can name household names in college basketball, whether it's uh, the male game or the female game. But right now, uh, I was just talking about this earlier. Uh, when you look at college basketball right now, uh, who's uh, more famous uh, than the little girl from Iowa? And uh, well, and, and, Caitlin Clark. With Caitlin Clark and what she just did. An angel. angel. An angel. But Angel Reason and her, there ain't no uh, male college basketball players that name recognition. So let's say you're on Saturday and I'm watching college basketball and all that. You don't have that. You have as much name recognition right now in women's college basketball I think, as, as male uh, college basketball.
4: Now, I will agree with you on that. I think a lot of that has to do Uh, When you think about those two names that you mentioned, they played for a national championship. There was a lot of trash talking. There was a lot of uh, intense moments. There were two teams going at it, very good teams. And I think it has carried over uh, from television ratings uh, from that championship game into people watching them, and they're also on social media. They're also big in their NIL products. Uh, There's so much excitement right now about the popularity of women's basketball, and it honestly has carried over to this year. Guys, it it was unbelievable after the game again at A&M how long it took us to get out of that arena because of fans everywhere, and our girls are very good at going back out there and hugging and taking pictures and signing autographs. Somebody should show that to you all because I can't emphasize to you enough uh, what they see every time they play. And I'm sure it's the same way with um, Caitlin Clark at Iowa.
2: Now, uh, Coach Balka, you don't never want to be a flash in the pan. Obviously, uh, like you did at Baylor, you want to establish something where you're going, uh, I don't know, a handful, half a dozen years plus. And you look, uh, even when that, uh, I remember when uh, Louisiana Tech and women's basketball, their heyday. Uh, you look at Tennessee, you look at UConn. Like I mentioned, you at uh, Baylor, and then what y'all were able to do last year. Okay, you look what South Carolina's doing. What is making South Carolina so special that they're not only in the hunt, uh, they're still the alpha dog that you're chasing to be able to overcome?
4: I think it goes in cycles for women's basketball and men's basketball for that matter. I think you recruit good, you win, and people want to be around winners, and then friends recruit friends and all kinds of things. Uh, but, you know, I tell people all all the time that the hardest part of competing for championships is maintaining it. Uh, it's very difficult to ever win one. I mean, we can sit here and probably name many coaches and players that have never won a championship. But then when you do start naming those coaches and those players that win a championship it kind of gets real narrow when you start talking about multiple championships and you start talking about dynasties that little list gets smaller and smaller and that's very very difficult I've been blessed. When we were at Louisiana Tech, you're absolutely right. We were the alpha dogs at that university. Uh, and then I, I went to Baylor, and we built that dynasty. And it's hard to maintain it. And uh, hopefully, you're at LSU. Don't know how long I'll, you know, stay in the game. I'm, I'm not, a, uh, you know, a young thing anymore. Um, I'm probably in the last third of my coaching career. But I sure would like to maintain what we have established in just two short years. And if you count this year, three Three years.
1: Coach, uh, rematch Thursday against Auburn. Um, The last time uh, you played, uh, it was, I think, January 14th, if my memory's right on that, 67-62 loss to Auburn. What made that game sort of swing uh, to the Tigers, Auburn Tigers, I mean? And um, what's the strength of the Auburn Tiger uh, basketball team?
4: Well, I want to always give – you know, props to the opposing team that wins the game. I I said it after the game. Don't write about what we didn't do. Write what Auburn did to us in that game. And what they did is they manhandled us, if you ask me. They got up in us. They were very, very um, aggressive on ball, and we were very passive. We had turnovers. Uh, They dribble-penetrated offensively, and we were not very good defensively then. We're better today than we were then. Um, they seem to play with a more of a chip on their shoulder, like, um, we're, you know, we're, we're coming at you. And I didn't think that uh, we handled ourselves very well. And uh, so now we've got a second chance. Uh, not many opportunities do you have in sports to have do-overs. And it's on our court and one of the last two games we have. And uh, I hope that we're better. Uh, I know we're better. I hope that we play with a little more chip on our shoulder than they will.
2: Now, uh, Coach Walker, when you look at through the decades and generations, when I look at, um, you know, uh, Title IX, post-Title IX, I think um, where LSU's at right now, you got to be impressed, uh, you know, when you go to the PMAC, whether it's LSU gymnastics event or it's LSU women's college basketball. Because uh, pre-Title IX, that, 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 come on, that, that was, it was nowhere even in the conversation. But where the success, now because, um, you know, you're trying to promote opportunities uh, for everyone's offspring, male, female, whatever. So I, I look at, like, where gymnastics and LSU's women's basketball at, how can you not be proud of that? Because uh, it's come a long way uh, considering now that uh, p- people actually, they plan – uh, they're weak around uh, games and wanting to be a part of that.
4: I'm proud of the fact that if you look at women's sports across the board at LSU, um, we're good. We're good in softball. Um, we're, we're good in track and field. Uh, we're good in just about every women's sport across the uh, scope of our athletic department. And, that's so good because it it sends a message out there to young people that hey, uh, you can you can go to LSU and in whatever sport you're in and and be re- you know pretty dang good and be relevant. Right. And I can go back to the the title nine days. I'm not one that fought the battles necessarily, but I was a recipient of a lot of people who fought those battles, and um, I've never Bobby had a. Um, kind of a a negative or bitterness about the way females were treated because uh, I was the recipient of, you know, a full scholarship. I was recipient of four final fours, two national championships, flying where we needed to fly. Those who came before me, I'm very much appreciative and aware of, of the battles that were fought. And I hope that when my time is gone, that years down the road, people will say, wow, that era of sports brought a attention to uh, females like none other. And you can just look at the ratings that, that have come from the national championship game and the ratings today and the number of times we're on television, the number of times we play opponents in state who would never be on ESPN, but because they played LSU, they are. That is an accomplishment in itself, and I'm really proud of that.
1: Coach, uh, they got a lot of crazy stuff on social media, but I think one of the things, things that they can promote is moments in time. And they did a, a piece with you throwing a baseball to Kramer. I don't know how old he was, but he was really small. And you in the batting uh, chamber throwing it to him today. I, I thought that was as cool as it got uh, to show, you know, as when he was young and you still doing it today.
4: Well, I'm still physically capable of doing it. I can still throw batting practice. But what you're probably talking about is um, this um, past Friday or whatever day it was, Kramer uh, wanted me to go that night and, um, you know, load up the – Um, baseballs and and let him take some swings. He's still waiting to get picked up by a team. He's a free agent and he's keeping his fingers crossed that he'll continue to be able to play some baseball. And I think what he did is he went back and he had some video of me uh, throwing to him. He was about well, he was. He was two years old. And the little sucker could just, he loved sports. and um, So I think somebody sent it to me and that was what you're talking about is you know, I was doing that when my kids were two years old, and I'll still be doing it until I can't physically do it anymore, and wouldn't you know, when I did it last, this past Friday, the dang ball hit me, and I said,
2: Lord, boy, you're going to kill me.
4: It's going to be the death of me, but what a way to go out, right? right.
2: So what, I can't think of her name right now, uh, your you guard, uh, her first name is tier I mean... Last uh, Tier, tier Poa. Uh, okay, uh, th- th- that is the greatest name ever. Uh, th- th- I don't know. Uh, to me, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't mean this any negative way or anything, it's just positive, uh, because it reminds me like a uh, sitting bull on that last tier. Is she Native American
4: or whatever? She, uh, gosh, I should know this, it's something, she's from Australia, but her, it's like uh, not, he uh, maybe. Polyne- yeah, Polynesian yeah, something. Okay. And her, there's a story behind it. If you Google it, I'm sure you can find it. Uh, Poa's grandmother was, uh, in the hospital and, um, she was not doing well. And I think a tear, like, came out of her, her eye and she wanted something. And her mother was sitting there. And so the next child that was born was going to be last tear. And then Poa is the, the Whoa. last name. There's a story behind it that's pretty fascinating.
2: Well, no, that, that's why I just thought, that, you know, you look at names and, you know, you can have a generic name, but uh, I don't know, I'm reading stuff and I go, oh, last tier. I mean, that, that sounds like, uh, you know, like the same thing you look at, um, even from a, a United States, uh, you know, perspective, if you like a sitting bull, I mean, uh, you yeah, can look at anything. A, a, any culture uh, that, if you like, you said Australian, whatever, uh, so... There's a story behind that, so uh, I know that I'm I'm fascinated by stuff like that.
4: Well, I can't spit all those words out when I'm trying to coach, so I just call her Poa. (laughs) It's amazing how you can call some players, or me in particular, call some players by their first name and then some by their last name. Like, I'll just, whatever comes out of my mouth that's easy to say in the heat of the moment it could be your first name. It could be your last name. And I tell them, don't think I love one more than the other. It's just how it comes off my tongue. And so I just always call her POA.
1: Coach, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. We always enjoy the conversation. And uh, take care of business Thursday night against Auburn.
4: Hey, guys. Thank you. All right,
1: All right. Coach Mulkey. Kim Mulkey, the uh, LSU women's basketball coach, and um, always great and uh, always got stories behind what she says, Bob. All no, this. I was
2: like, um, last tier. I mean, how could that get, get you attention? Uh, I mean, a first tier, last tier? No, that, that's uh, – how many people are named last tier in the world? She might be the only one.
1: I, I don't know anybody. So how
2: many sitting bulls you know in the world? <laughs> uh, that's history. I mean, you talk about over uh, you know, 100 years, a century, a sitting bull. So that right there, uh, that catches my attention.
1: We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big Eight Seventy, and finishing up our number one right after this break. We're finishing up here in our number one of sports talk on the Big Eight Seventy. Mike to take you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby A. Bear at five twenty. We'll have Mark Cook on with us, former uh, basketball coach, college basketball coach. He uh, recruits and also. Um, is a talent evaluator of the college players in the NCAA, and we'll talk about uh, what he has seen, and specifically for Marky he, he scouts the Southern region. Bob, today, Matt Slater, 16 seasons in the NFL, 10 Pro Bowls, an NFL record as a special teamer. He goes down as one of the all-time greats, and he's hanging it up. Man, you talk about a player, Matt Slater, and what he did for that Patriots football team.
2: Well, I don't know. I thought you were going to tell me he died or something, Mike. I, I, no, you retired go. okay, after retired. 16 seasons. Uh, okay, okay. Ten-time uh, All-Pro. So I, I'm glad to hear that news. And, uh,
1: and uh, uh, it's never been done as a special teamer. Ten yeah, times.
2: never done. Now, Mike, right quick, it says, Cannon, have you said it uh, many times? Days on the coaching hot seat. Well, hell yeah. You got to win the NFC South. You can't be 500 again or under that. So how many uh, wins saves his job? Or is it winning the division? You better win the division. No, no. uh, (laughs) to to me, it's more, if they do what Tampa Bay did last season, uh, then no, he ain't going nowhere.
1: We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870 right after this news break.